This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday. It's the 30th, the last day of June, and I'm Nyla Boudou. We're going to go straight into one big thing, our one story you can't miss. Almost 40% of the American workforce are working parents. And it's been a huge struggle to juggle homeschooling, work, and of course, a pandemic. Here's the catch. Many workplaces are likely to reopen this fall, even if many K-12 schools aren't. The idea of an economy reopening to its full capacity without schools reopening to their full capacity is a pipe dream. The looming childcare disaster is today's one big thing. Erica Pandy covers the future of work for Axios. And for working parents, I'm sorry to say the future doesn't look good. So when this happened in March, you know, it was so abrupt. It was kids were in school one day and then schools told them to not come back the next day. And American parents were operating on this, let's just do anything we can to balance our responsibilities and get our kids through the end of the school year. What seemed to be a temporary crisis is going to be an ongoing disaster. Here's what's really happening. The pandemic has put a damper on productivity for working parents. It's even worse depending on what type of work you do and if you're single parenting. The initial research already shows female workers, who are also moms, are shouldering the childcare burden during the pandemic. You know, this study that came out of the University College London recently that said mothers were 47% more likely to quit their jobs as a result of the burden of childcare and homeschooling during the pandemic. Let me just say that again one more time. Mothers are 47% more likely than fathers to quit their jobs. And if that wasn't bad enough, the upcoming fall season could create an even deeper divide between workers who have kids and those that don't. What worries me is the potential rise of a new kind of workplace discrimination if working parents are balancing child care in the fall while the rest of America goes back to work. Parents could be increasingly isolated, they could miss meetings, and even be passed over for promotions and raises as they fall out of sight, out of mind. Yes, but Erica is hopeful about one thing in all of this. Maybe, just maybe, the pandemic and working families' dilemmas can change the way we work. You know, one longstanding issue has been that school ends at three and work ends at five. And that two-hour window is a huge, huge headache for parents. So one solution I've seen proposed is what if we shorten that work day to 3 p.m.? And, and that would be hugely helpful to parents and uh, would be a really, really great outcome of the coronavirus. The bottom line is until we figure out child care for workers, the economy isn't going to fully recover. Erica Pandy writes the Axios at Work newsletter. We'll be back in 15 seconds with a look at new laws that will affect Hong Kong on the eve of a very important anniversary. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Axios Today. Prepare for political terror. That's what Bethany Allen Abrahamiam said to me when we talked early Tuesday morning Beijing time, just after news media reports came out saying the Chinese government had passed its sweeping new security law for Hong Kong. I asked her to give us a rundown of the past 24 hours. So we've all been waiting for Beijing to go ahead and pass the national security law that the National People's Congress there had announced several weeks ago. And Tuesday morning, Beijing time, the National People's Congress in Beijing did pass that law. This is happening one day before July 1st, which is the anniversary of the 1997 handover when Hong Kong sovereignty was handed back to China. And ever since 1997, July 1st has been a pretty important symbolic holiday for people in Hong Kong. They go out and protest. So by passing this one day before that demonstration was supposed to occur, Beijing is really sending a strong message to the people of Hong Kong that things are going to be different from now on. Bethany, to you, what does all of this mean? I think we're going to see a kind of political terror unfolding in Hong Kong over the next weeks and months. We're going to see people silencing themselves. We're already seeing that in the past 24 hours. Numerous people have closed their Twitter accounts out of fear of what might happen to them. There's a lot of uncertainty about what actually is going to be illegal because, again, the text of this law has not been made public. So the law that is going to govern the lives of Hong Kong residents is still unknown. Bethany, what are we also seeing in terms of folks who had been advocating for democracy in Hong Kong? So what we've just seen is, uh, for example, Joshua Wong, who was a really important pro-democracy leader of the 2014 Umbrella Movement protests. He announced on Twitter that he was going to be withdrawing from Demisisto, which is the pro-democracy political activist group that he founded. What's very likely is that that kind of political organizing now is going to be illegal and that Joshua Wong himself is probably public enemy number one to Beijing. Bethany, how are we seeing America respond to Beijing's takeover of Hong Kong? On Monday, we saw the U.S. revoke some of Hong Kong's trade privileges. So from now on, the U.S. will not be exporting certain arms and certain high-tech products to Hong Kong. As Secretary of State Mike Pompeo tweeted on Monday, if Beijing now treats Hong Kong as one country, one system, so must we. Bethany Allen Abrahamian is Axios's China reporter. Axios Insider is our sneak peek into our newsroom. Mike Allen is one of our co-founders. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Nyla. Mike, we've seen a couple of decisions from the Supreme Court recently that have left conservatives frustrated and liberals much happier. And I wanted to ask you about the implications of that. What both sides say is this may wind up being a wash because both sides are reminded how much the court matters. So the president may get a little help with evangelicals, a few states that Republican officials mentioned to me, Florida, Texas, 
Ohio, all places that he could be pumped up a little bit. But now this is such a surprise. This term was really shaping up to be what uh, one person called uh, the mother load of the conservative agenda. So big culture war cases on guns, immigration, gay rights, and conservatives have gotten a shutout. I think regardless of party, presidents have been surprised by their Supreme Court justice picks. Yeah, Nyla, and all the palace intrigue here is around Chief Justice Roberts, of course, a Republican appointee, but decided against conservatives on DACA, LGBT rights, and uh, now on abortion rights. But Nyla, what I'm hearing from both sides is maybe Roberts is playing a long game. He sees the country has moved on abortion and gay rights. He sees the progressives want to increase the size of the court. Maybe he's giving on these issues so he can back conservatives on business and other issues. So, Niall, what I'm hearing from both sides is maybe Chief Justice Roberts looks so buttoned down. Maybe he's a little bit wily. Wily like the coyote? Like Roadrunner. Okay. Well, thank you for that insight, Mike. Have a great day. Have the best day. You ready? Let's go. And now, here's our one smart thing to go. The party's over for 200 million TikTok users. The social media video app is huge in the United States, especially for people who like to record themselves dancing. But in India, it's even bigger. Or at least it was until Monday, when the Indian government banned it and 60 other Chinese-owned apps. Indian officials called the ban necessary to ensure the safety and sovereignty of Indian cyberspace. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.